legends. You're listening to the Off-Road Performance Coach Podcast. If you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you have come to the right place. All I ask from you is if you gain some value out of today's episode, please give it a share and tag me on your socials or your Insta story. I'd be super grateful if you'd share the love. Let's get stuck straight into today's episode. Just things for me. Hello, podcast legends. Finally back with another episode. It's been an absolutely hectic couple of months, especially the last sort of three, four weeks with Hatter and everything that's been going on. So the podcast episodes got put by the wayside a little bit. I'm sorry to say, my apologies, but we're back on. This first little episode back is just going to be a real quick one. Just going to give a couple of, I guess, not even a review of Hatter, just a couple of things that really stood out to me through my eyes watching the race this year that could benefit any of you who are listening, whether you are literally like one of the dudes that could try and win that race, or you're just racing it for your first time, or you're a mid-pack guy that's just trying to get his his best outright result. These things will help, I'm sure. Uh, then I've got some nice consistent episodes scheduled in for this week to, um, to keep them coming for you. So there will be plenty of episodes coming consistently again now. I'm happy to say I'm back at home. I only got two more major races on the calendar that I am going to be attending in the next couple of months. So that means a lot more time spent at home and getting back into somewhat of a normal routine, which I'm really stoked about because <laughs> I don't know what it, what it looks like from the outside living on, like traveling around and living on the road, living in the caravan. But I tell you what, I after a couple of weeks of it, it wears a little bit thin. So I'm a big, big routine guy. I love having my routine and love basically just doing the same shit every single day and checking off my habits. And when you're on the road and living in a caravan, it's very difficult to do that. So nonetheless, I'm happy to be home. We'll get stuck into this. Really just three main points that I'm going to make about Hatter and what I saw through my eyes. Number one, just straight off the bat, is if you want to be able to either win that race or at least be on the podium, you have to be able to go with that lead bunch on the first lap. We watched the start and then we walked, we drove over and watched them come around on lap one. We were standing at the end of the Boonanar Road straight, the really long straight along the edge of the road. We were standing at the end of that straight waiting for the leaders to come through. So it was Simo, Cal, and then Mason in that the top three. They were like in a little bunch together. Then it was... I want to say about 30 seconds. It felt like it felt like ages honestly, but it was probably about 20 30 seconds back to Todd and then another 30 seconds back to Corey, I'm pretty sure. And then the gap was massive. There was like it it felt like I didn't actually time it, but it felt like minutes. So that lead those three at the front were literally minutes ahead of p5 back so 
in in the Hatter race, and this is kind of what's so cool about it and, and how it's a little bit different from a normal cross-country race, track position is king. Like if you go to a Vic Off-Road or an AORC or a GNCC where they run a cross-country race, you could, like, theoretically, you could win the outright starting off the third row because your race time doesn't start until your class takes off. That's not how it runs at Hatter. As soon as that first bike takes off, the race has started. So wherever you prologue, you're sitting there waiting for that four-wheeler to go past your front wheel before you can take off. So track position is king. So at the start of the race, the track is fully prepped. The whole way around, that track is the best track you'll ever ride in your life in terms of being prepped and smooth. So if you can't run with that lead bunch, then it's going to be... And they're putting minutes, like literally putting minutes on the rest of the field. It's going to be very, very difficult to make up that time later in the race because at the start, when the track is smooth, that's the easiest time to make up track position because track position is king in this race. Remember, wherever you finish on that track, is your that's where you come. There's no adjusted time from for where you start. It's just where you finish on the track when they put that checkered flag out. So obviously... If you want to try and win that race, there's only a few guys really that can literally have a chance of winning that race or be in the top three. That's That might not be you listening to this podcast. You might just be trying to get a top 40 or a top 100 or a top 200, wherever you're at. You might just be doing harder for your first time. But a common thing I hear from people say, and this goes for people that are back in the pack and like literally dudes who are capable of getting a podium is to say, I'm just going to pace myself for the first three laps, get into a a rhythm, and then I'll drop the hammer at the end of the race. You're not going to win that race or get a podium or even get a top five, I would say, with that mindset or with that strategy. You're going to have to rely on a lot of a high rate of attrition, a lot of people DNFing, bikes failing, crashing, whatever, to move you up the order because... That's just my point of view. Like that track at the start when it's smooth, that is the best chance you're going to have to make up track position on that track when it's smooth. Everyone knows how rough that track gets in the last hour. How the hell are you going to make up track position when the track is at its roughest? My, and this will go for every single person in that race, whether you're trying to win it or you're trying to get a top 100 or you're back in the pack, wherever you're at, my advice would be to practice prep sand as much as you can. It's obviously not the easiest thing to do because you almost kind of need like your own private track to be able to prep it. Um, most people who go and practice sand will, it's exactly what I do where I lived as a sand track that we practice on that has been there for like, it's honestly been there for 20 years as long as I can remember and it's never ever been prepped. So it's got like meter deep whoops everywhere, which is awesome for conditioning and and learning to ride sand whoops. But the first like hour of Hatter, there is no whoops. The track is smooth. So if you can't go fast on that smooth prep sand, you're going to lose track position. You're going to get left for dead. So my advice would be preparing yourself for that 
style of riding as much as the roughness at the end. Because if you can go hard in that first hour, the first two laps when the track's smooth, you can make up track position. Then all you have to do, you don't have to push that hard at the end of the race because you've made up track position. You've put yourself in a good position. Then all you need to do is smoke, is focus on being smooth and working the lines. Again, like we were out on the track and you just see it like, people just take the main line, the deepest, roughest whoops. And if you just move over like 500 mil or 300 mil in some cases, like a foot, you can be on a smooth line. You can go around those bumps. And when you watch those front guys, that's what they do. They very rarely smash through the main line. Like sometimes they do, but for the most part, they are carrying momentum and they're working their lines. They're moving around the roughest parts of the track. As soon as you get back like out of that, top 20 to top 30 it just you can just tell that people are just not taking smooth lines they're just fatiguing themselves more and it doesn't matter how fit you are if you think you're going to try and make up time on that track just by smashing through the main line at the end of the race personally i don't think that's the right that's not going to get you the the best result you could possibly get so like i say that's just my from the outside looking in that's just something I noticed you, you definitely want to have energy left in the tank to push on those last couple of laps but that's going to come down to your fitness and the preparation the way you've prepared your body in the lead up so if you can think more about track position and think how far forward can I get at the start of the race when the track's smooth how can I improve my tra- track position as much as possible then I don't have to be then or at the end of the race, you're still going to pass those dudes who aren't prepared. Like you're always going to have those guys who haven't trained enough and they're, they're weak in that last hour of the race and they hit the wall and drop anchor. You're still going to pass those guys. You don't have to go faster at the end of the race to make up time. You just got to stay smooth, ride the smooth lines, and it makes the last part of the race easier if the first part of your race puts you in a better position. So like I say, that would be my advice, whether you're trying to win that race or whether you're just a mid-pack dude who's trying to get his best outright result that he could possibly get. So the third one is pit stops, pit stop strategy. It's a huge thing at Hatter and again, it's it's a cool thing. It's a thing that makes the race different I suppose, from your normal cross-country race. So you basically either got enough, a big enough fuel tank that you can do two laps, a two-lap pit strategy. For those of you who don't live in Australia and you haven't been to Hatter, it's about the track was taken the pro, like the top pros 30 minutes this year, a little bit over. So for you, like as soon as you start going back in the pack, some guys it's 40 minutes, 45 minutes a lap. So it's a really long lap, really high speeds, really deep sand. So the bikes drink a lot of fuel. So you're either going to have a big enough tank to get two laps or you just stop in every lap. It's an eight lap race. So for some people, that means you're going to stop every single lap and fuel have to put fuel in. People get so hung up on having been able to do two laps. The reality is if unless you run like a a KDM, a Gas Gas, or a Husky with one of those, like a shirt, a Cerberus, those, the ugliest tank ever made, no demand kind, with that ups, absolute ball 
crusher of a <laughs> gooseneck on top of the tank. They're like, I'm pretty sure they're close to 13 liters. Like you, you can definitely get two laps with a 13 liter tank for most guys. Um, all the other, like your, your IMS tanks for all the other bikes and KDM included are 10.6 liters. It's going to be like touch and go big time for anyone to be able to get two laps on a 450 on that track. And this year, the track was a little bit longer and the sand was super wet and super deep, super sticky. So the bikes were drinking way more fuel. So heaps of people ran out of fuel. So many people get hung up on being able to do two laps and they think it's going to like, I've got to be able to do two laps. I'm here to tell you, again, if you're not a literal, literally able to get a top three outright in that race, it does not fucking matter if you stop every lap. If you look at, like, really good example of that is just look at the results this year. Look at the top 10. 25 minutes from when Mason crossed the line as the winner, it was 25 minutes before P10 outright came across the line. So that was five hours of racing for the dude that got P10. 25 minutes separating separating the top 10. That, that That's just the top 10 and there's like 420 bikes in that race. If you decide to, if you have to stop every single lap, it's just three extra pit stops. If you got a dry break and a good pit crew, that's literally one minute. You can do a splash and dash in 20 seconds with a dry break. Because if you're stopping every lap, only every other lap you need to take a gel, maybe some fresh goggles, whatever that might be. Everyone in between, you're just off the bike. It's a splash and dash. They throw five or six liters in. You jump back on, you go. It's 20 seconds with a good pit crew and a dry break. The top 10 was spread over 25 minutes. Most, like the gaps were huge. Most of the gaps were like three minutes, four minutes. Like there was no real battles at the end of that race in the top 10 now of course there could be but at the end of the day it doesn't fucking matter if you have to stop every lap if you've got a good pit crew and an ims dry break my, that's just my point of view unless you're like literally going for the outright win and going to be battling in that that top top couple of riders to get the win at the end of the race like obviously then it matters like if you can save a minute that's big that's huge. Um, most people at these races are riding KDMs, Husqvarna's, and gas gases. Just get the fucking Cerberus tank then. If that's what you're worried about, having to do it, go get the ball cracker of a tank. And if you don't have that tank, you're just going to stop every lap. That would be my strategy. I'd be stopping every lap. And, and if I get to a point in the race where the track slows down and I'm not using enough fuel and it's like super safe and there's guaranteed to have fuel left, then maybe you go for two. But otherwise the strategy is to stop every lap and and just know that it doesn't fucking matter. It's not going to affect your result when you're outside of like the top three, the top five and everything spreads out at the end of the race. Controversial hot take, potentially. That's just my thoughts. That's just my point of view. Doesn't mean I'm right. You don't have to agree with me. Plenty of people won't. That's just what the way I look at it. And they're just a few points that I noticed. Well, they really stood out to me from the race this year. 
like I say, I, th- I feel like you could probably take some value from that because I'm pretty sure all of you listening to this podcast or 99% of you listening to this podcast that are going to race Hatter probably aren't going to get an outright podium. But that being said, all of those things that I just spoke about can definitely help you get the best result possible for yourself, which at the end of the day, that's all most riders want. Like if they're gonna, if you're gonna go and race Hatter and invest the time and energy it takes to race that race and 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 get your, you just that's what you want, right? You, if you can get in the top forty instead of forty fifth, as an example, and get yourself a top forty because that's that cusp. Like if you can get a top forty, um, you get to prologue at the front next year, and like it's just a little bit of an advantage for next year. But even if you're not even up there, like you just maybe when you want to get a top 100, maybe there's you're in another position in the field. Like I say, those doesn't matter where you are in the field and, and what level that you ride at. I feel like those few things that I just mentioned would certainly benefit you and help you get your best result possible. So that's it for today. Uh, like I said, got a few more episodes in the can ready to uh, download for this week and keep them coming on a nice regular schedule again. Um, I will be doing a Q&A podcast next week. I put the question thing on my Instagram story last week. Got a lot of really cool questions again. If you're listening to this podcast episode, you've listened this far. Thank you. I appreciate you. And if you have a question that you would like um, to be answered on that pod- on the Q&A podcast episode for next week, which I will get uploaded and, and released next week, then my email address will be in the show notes of this episode. Shoot it through on an email or send me a message, a DM on Insta. It's probably the two best ways to get it through to me. I'll be recording that episode on Tuesday next week, it's Sunday right now, I'm uploading this episode straight away, then the Q&A episode will go up on Tuesday, oh sorry, Thursday actually, so I'll be recording it Thursday, so there's a little bit more time there, shoot it through, I'll make sure I include it, um, like I said, I've got a fair few questions, so it'll be a good Q&A episode this month, um, otherwise, hope you've all been crushing it, getting some good training in, getting some good riding in. And we will see you all on the next episode. Bye-bye.